Welcome back, everyone, to another YouTube live stream. My name is Aaron, your host, joined here by Nate. And as you guys see it, today's title, we are building $1,000 card portfolios here live on the show. We are not actually going to transact on these items. Um, <laughs> we, wish, we wish we could, but we cannot right now. Um, so maybe you all should, but we're going to check it out. Just do a little mock uh, portfolio build, and hopefully you all enjoy, and we'll jump into it. But before we get into the mock portfolio build of both Nate and myself and hey Nate you like on this uh you like on this thumbnail that the top scrum sapphire soccer box is by you and the soda rookies by me you would never catch me buying soccer that's for sure <laughs> uh, well of course you wouldn't buy it when Mbappe is two dollars why would you buy it now <laughs> low blow low blow uh, okay well Let's uh let's start looking at what we're talking about today. So first off, before getting into the portfolio build, it all my idea kind of sparked because of this right here. Of course, this is the closing of Golden Auctions massive March auction last night. They had two rounds, one end Saturday night, one end Sunday night. The one that ended Saturday night had five cards that eclipsed a million dollars. It was the LeBron exquisite RPA BGS 8.5, Kobe Bryant black label refractor BGS 10, Roberto Clemente rookie PSA 9, which is an insane grade, Mickey Mantle PSA 8, uh, rookie 52 tops, and then also LeBron logo man from 2004 ultimate collection, I believe it was. But I want to highlight on Instagram today some of the cards that were not the million dollar ones. So we're looking at here, uh, Anthony Davis gold prism for 180. Like this is, this is by far the craziest auction I've seen, by the way, like there are cards here that you would think maybe like three, four months ago, you were buying for like 35 K. That's how crazy it was. And maybe well, I'm like crazy for saying that. Not, maybe, not me. I wasn't buying for 35 K. Well, be, not you, but like in the hole, I would be hard pressed to believe that some of these cards would, would have been above hundred K like four months ago. Um, sure. Josh Allen, logo man, our logo shield one of one auto BGS 10. Do you think that that was above 40 or 50 K four months ago? Maybe it was, maybe I'm just dumb and, and I'm not in tune to the football market, but still crazy values that were ending across the board here. Uh, to me, the Kobe BGS 10 gold refractor sticks out like a store of thumb as the most undervalued card on that screen. Uh, Josh Allen sticks out as the most overvalued tiger woods. Seems like the one that people wanted once uh, that accident happened, which not to say people didn't want it before, but, I think that that card sold for like a lot less prior to this. <laughs> a number of 100, though, that is kind of the holy grail of uh, golf cards, the most expensive one ever to sell. And then the John Morant Immaculate RPA for 250K. That's the highest John Morant card ever to sell. That seems like a steep price to pay for a guy that's in his second year that, not to say he won't be amazing, but still. Um, and then also BGS 9.5 LeBron Gold Finest Refractors, one of the rarest gold refractors of LeBron ever. Actually, one of the rarest rookie cards of him ever. So, Cool to see that too. And then this was the slide that was kind of like, um, what's going on here? So first off, Herbert oh. at 161 versus Trout at 124. I mean, it's a one-of-one one contender's auto. I get it. But Herbert hasn't even made the playoffs. Dude, I just, I cannot believe. I cannot believe that that Trout went for the same price as that Holland and less than that Herbert, considering it's out of 67 in 2011. Yeah, 60, and 62. not to mention how tough it is to even get a 9.5 with the black Yeah, card. you see like PSA 7s and stuff pop up. Yeah, like not a BGS 9.5. No, 9.5 is a tough grade, tough grade. 
Uh, the LeBron and Wade dual logo, man, if that was not out of five and if that was a one of one, that would have eclipsed probably four or $500,000, but it's out of five. So makes sense that that was lower. The Luca at $100,000. I remember like two summers ago, we were sending out emails and I had sent out that card for like $1,000 via an email. That blue ice PSA 10 of 99. Uh, and then also the Kobe. While I do love all Kobe cards as investments, um, and I know gold prism number to have 10 is so big. I was super shocked that that sold for almost 150k. A gold prism out of ten from 2015. Um, to me, if I was in the person, like in the the seat of having enough money to spend 150 thousand dollars, I would have found the extra 60 thousand dollars to buy the gold rookie number to, uh, BGS 10. Now there's more than 10 of those uh, produced, but it's a rookie card and from Topps Finest, one of the best sets in my opinion of all time. And uh, crazy to see that for sure. But the reason why we're doing this exercise of building one thousand dollar card portfolio is because it's so like for me it's really fun to watch these auctions and i'm sure it's fun for a lot of you to watch them end and to see what the prices are like holland last night i was going nuts i couldn't believe that one over a hundred thousand dollars i was telling nate and it's all fun and stuff but how many of us can actually sit here and be like oh i can buy that or i can like actually do something like that like probably not many of us maybe like one person watching this live stream if the odds play out as they do in the card market you know one percent of people can actually do that um, so we're going to do an exercise of spending a thousand dollars and Nate and I are going to see what, whose portfolio might be better. You all can vote as we do this, but I want to do it because we want to make sure that we're, you know, as, as we highlight these posts on Instagram to obviously get people to talk about them and get people to share them and share the hobby. And it does bring a lot of eyeballs to the industry and to slab stocks too. Um, we want to make sure that we go, we stay to the roots of, you know, making sports cards accessible for everyone because these are not accessible for everyone, these cards. But the cards we're about to show, a lot of those are accessible for people in cards right now, can buy, can try to sell, flip, do whatever you need to do, collect them. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Nate, you excited? Yeah. I mean, I went very high upside with my picks. So uh, there's you there, know, there's some real chance you lose all $1,000. Let's just put if, it that way. If, if this were me just like sitting here, like actually saying, being like, oh, I have $1,000 to spend for my collection, I'd for sure just go buy the best Kobe card I could for $1,000. But that wouldn't be very fun to sit here and say, oh, I buy a Kobe card for $1,000. So nope. uh, I had to switch it up a bit and, and find some some maybe budget buys um, in, that, in that range. So I'll go first. My first card I'm going to buy, and this is the cheapest card I have on this list. And what's up, everyone? Welcome for joining. I see Elite in here, T206, Henry H, Oscar, Allen, a lot of people in here, Global. Um, thank you all for joining today. But I'm taking a messy Sapphire variation, and it's $75 right now. And I put the little parentheses down there for the grade, and then I added it in. I don't know if you did that, Nate, just that same I, way. I, but uh, I did not. All right. So what the, the, the point is here is that this card is $75 non-graded. I'd pay it $25 to grade it. If I get a PSA 9, I'm probably breaking even on the grade. And I'm definitely waiting all that time to break even. But if I get a 10, it's probably going to be worth like two or three times as much. So I really like Sapphire. I think everyone knows that. Watches our YouTube page. We break it every week. And uh, the variations, I think, are definitely going to do well. Just as like, you know, prison variations with Zion and Jai. I really like those too. And uh, can't get much better than Messi. So I figured for, for a lower budget, like try to grade and see if I can make some profit there, I'd, I'd take that card. Okay. All right, that's my first card. I'm $100 down right now. So this is Nate's first choice. Oh, he's just going big boy right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. I went big, and I tiered it down from there um, so that I knew how much I had to spend. And right away, I went with Marco Luciano. 
uh psa 9 because psa 10s are super expensive i don't know if you remember when these came out but they were not i repeat not that expensive you could probably like, what, got a psa 9 for 70 80 90 100 bucks right when they came out now it's 510 dollars and you can't find many cheap ones. Um, PSA 10s or BGS 95s are under a grand. That would have taken up my entire budget. Yeah. So instead, we go PSA 9. Marco Luciano is one of those dudes that unbelievable power for somebody so young out of shortstop. Might not be able to stay there, but I think the Giants might try to make him stick. If he's a shortstop in the major leagues with like 70-grade power, um, he hit a ball. He's a uh, 17-year-old kid who hit a ball like 118 miles per hour off the bat, exit velocity a couple months ago. Um, I saw a tweet on that. Like that doesn't grow on trees, right? Like Jason Dominguez does that. He's 17, but Marco Luciano is always already also doing that when he was that young. I think he's probably 19 now or so, but, uh, kids a stud insane power. And one of those guys that I wouldn't be surprised if you look up and he's leading the giants to playoff contention and, He's a $4,000 Bowman Chrome. I mean, that's that's hard to get to, right? That's Juan Soto territory. But if I was going to give anybody a chance to become Juan Soto territory outside of Wander, obviously, whose autos are already insanely expensive, it's got to be Luciano and it's got to be Julio Rodriguez. How and much is a Rodriguez PSA 9? I did not look it up. So did you just say, I want Luciano versus Rodriguez? Wow. Going with the shortstop here. Wow. I, don't, I, I, I like Rodriguez's bat better, but uh, positional scarcity here won out. Yeah. yeah. I just want to jump to a couple of these uh, questions in the in the chat really quick. This is cool. Uh, CB8 is a Panini Super Bowl kid reporter. I uh, got a lot of cards for him, but I put them in a case. But where do I put them? Um, so generally what you should be doing when you get cards is you take a penny sleeve. I mean, you can get these on like Amazon, eBay, or even at Walmart sometimes. Put the card into here, and then you put the card into either a card saver or a top loader, and then that'll protect it real nice for you. If you're looking for a top, what a top loader looks like. There you go. I'm just want to make sure you don't, uh, you know, damage all your cards because that is something as a kid, uh, you know, I took pride in not damaging them and then keeping them in good condition. So also, I hope that you do the same. Three, there four regular top loaders. Don't get 55 point, don't get 75 point, you know. <laughs> and then uh alan had a question your sapphires are a tough grade though no and he's talking about my sapphire variation messy which yes they are a tough grade because print lines are pretty prominent on the cards but i feel like that if i get lucky which i'm not saying that you should buy expecting a psa 10 anyone out there i definitely am buying that messy expecting it a nine and if i get an eight then i'm probably a little bummed but uh if it gets a 10 then the value is going to even going to even be better on the return if it gets a nine i think it'll hold even better value because of the fact it's a tough grade so i actually kind of like that aspect of it maybe it favors a bit at least to take down the risk what's up kevin how's it going we are uh two cards in each right now so to recap my first card messy sapphire for 75 dollars pay 25 to grade it 100 in and uh nate's 510 marco luciano he's spending over half his budget in the first card so his is going to get worse from here all right my next card I got to go to one of my old school refractors and I was trying to pick here between a couple different players, but I think I settled on Dwayne Wade because of how affordable his second year cards are. Um, I, you guys probably saw me make a trade for that D Wade X Fractor Bowman Chrome of 150 um, at Alexis talking to me. Uh, <laughs> that was a little scary um, at the Miami show. And 
I, I'm just a fan of it because of the value, which is there. I mean, rookies would be better, but if we're staying inside of a $1,000 budget, I'm going to go with a PSA 8 refractor for $155. The raw are around $250, I think, $255. But I really valued saving that $100. It's already graded by PSA. I don't have to wait the months to get it back. And an 8, it's a fine grade, in my opinion, for a 2004 card. So I take the D-Wade refractor second year for $155 and uh, call the day on my second card. All right, here we go. Nate's second card is what do you Trey got? Turner. Top score on Sapphire. PSA 10. I was running some numbers on my phone there real quick. So excuse me for being a little bit late to the uh, uptake there. Uh, but Trey Turner, top scrum PSA 10, uh, Sapphire. Now, 2016 was the first year of Sapphire. Um, you got him, you got Cor uh, Corey Seeger. Those wait, 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 really quick. Yeah. So I just made a post saying uh, top scrum Corey Seeger, PSA 10 base. I wanted to make a post on the Sapphire, but there's like barely any data points out there. The only two that sold in the last three months was a BGS 10. I don't remember how much. And then a BGS 10 black label in January. Guess how much that BGS 10 black label Sapphire Corey Seager sold for? Is it going to be higher or lower than I'm expecting? Just go. Just shoot. Uh, 2200 Dude, 700 bucks. Yeah, that seems like a steal, does it not? That's a huge steal. I don't I don't know if people really love Top Scrum Sapphire from back then, but I think it's like a more popular thing now. Yeah. Um, especially because like it, it came out it came out in like full sets, didn't it? Yeah, it it wasn't like a per pack thing. It was like a full set with some possible super fractors in the back and way different than I it think, is now. I think every box came with like five super fractors or something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, and I know a guy that has like 12 Corey Seager, Top Scrum Sapphires that I don't think he's gotten graded yet. Um, <laughs> that being said, Trey Turner is one of those guys that I feel like is perennially under, undervalued, and some of that has to do with Juan Soto being on the same team. Um, he takes a lot of the attention, um, and you know, guys like Victor Robles also taking attention, attention, Carter Kaiboom, um, even though he didn't do very well last year. Uh, but you know, Juan Soto's a big personality, a big ego, and a huge card market guy. So the second tier guys on his team are going to kind of get left behind, which is why you're seeing a guy like Trey Turner, who's extremely, extremely good, go for $370 for one of his premier cards. Trey Turner, if you didn't know, had a 982 OPS last year, Aaron. It's pretty good. 2.4 wins above replacement in 59 games. And he hit 335 with a 394 on base and a 588 slugging. Hey, that sounds like a pretty big steal at 370. It is. Now, hear me out. 12 home runs, and I'm going to do a video on this on uh, on Thursday, so this is why I have it in the top of my head. 12 home runs and 12 stolen bases on the year in 59 games. 59 games is about uh, a little over a third of the season. Um, and so if you average it, if you multiply what he had then, 12 home runs and 12 stolen bases and extrapolate it out, it comes out to 32 home runs and 32 stolen bases. Wow, and that 30 30 is, yes, what I like to call a 30 30 season, which is huge and I think is definitely possible. Now, it might not happen. He's 27 now. Usually, you know, as the home runs go up, the stolen bases are going to come down as he's losing his legs a little bit. Um, as you get older, you just get slower. Just like defense gets worse and worse the older you get. Um, but his power is moving up in the right direction. But I still think he's a 30-30 capable guy. And I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, 
Zimmerman's back. A bunch of those guys are back for the Nationals this year. They're healthy, and he's a 30-30 guy with Juan Soto there, and they're a playoff team. Could be huge. Yeah, nice. Kevin says, uh, Manny Machado of the Nats. <laughs> yeah, you got Fernando Tatis in San Diego that takes all of the shine, and Manny Machado kind of gets forgotten about, even though he's a $300 million man, extremely <laughs> good himself. Crazy. All right, that was Nate's second card. Now, so we're both two cards in, but Nate spent like all of his budget. I spent eight hundred eighty dollars. Yep. So you went for two bigger ones, then you yes. went for two big ones, and then spend the rest on some smaller stuff. I kind of spread it out around the board, but I do have two bigger ones. My next one is Topps Chrome, not Sapphire, but Topps Chrome regular refractor PSA nine of Ansu Fati. And by no means am I like buy Ansu Fati over some other soccer players, maybe like Holland or Mbappe, if you have the money. But for $325 for a rare refractor, these were pretty hard hits out of uh, Topps Chrome regular this past year, uh, much rarer than the Sapphire. I really think that this card, and I know he's not playing right now, I know he's injured, but that's even more reason why I'd say to buy it right now at $325 as a PSA 9. It just seems like such a good deal. Um, given that that's his first Topps Chrome card, it's really his first like American card release ever. So that even helps too. And I know it doesn't have the rookie logo like Sapphire, but Sapphire is too expensive compared to this. Um, I couldn't fit into my budget. I'd rather have the Sapphire card personally, but I mean, three twenty-five for a Fati Refractor PSA nine rookie seems seems awesome to me. And I know that, like I said, that people aren't as high as him, high on him as other uh soccer, young soccer players. And he's got to recover from the knee injuries. But he's super young, and it's really like a, this could either be worth like $50 or this could be worth like $2,000 type of play here. Um, I'm normally not like a huge boomer bus guy in general because normally if I do end up acquiring a card for my collection, it's like of a, a scarce card of a really great player that's just like not super expensive. So this one is way out of like my normal realm of uh, collecting, but I, I, do, I do think that this would be good in like a, let me see if I can make some money type of portfolio or lose it too. Oh, what's up, Azuka Tom? <laughs> Kevin's throwing some shade. Nate, are you trying to lose this challenge? <laughs> Tell you what, I am taking huge risks, but one of the guys at the top pops off. You make up the money you lose on the other cards. So, and then you break even because you're bummed. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, it's fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Are you shocked, Aaron? <laughs> You know, Are you shocked to see Bryce Terang on the screen right Nate, now? I would be shocked unless I didn't get the notification that said he hit a spring training home run today, which is probably the only reason why he put this in here. Uh, well, it is part of the reason, but also not the only reason. Now, Bryce Terang is one of those guys like Nick Madrigal. Yeah, you've been um, hating on this guy. What? You've been hating on him from a card perspective. I have. I have because he seemed like a valuable, a valuable MLB player, but not a valuable prospect guy, right? Um, and so the whole thing about these guys that have a good walk rates, but and you know, decent hitting ability, but uh, no power is that you need power, right? You need to show power. Well, he still has great walk rates. He still makes pretty good contact and he had no power before this. Well, reports out of um, summer camp in the Brewers uh, minor league system, you know, they didn't play last year, but they had the in Appleton uh, was that he added weight. And he added power, and he hit a tank today. A tank. He's good at defense. Uh, he's got decent wheels. He's got decent contact. He's got a great eye, like a great eye at the plate. 
like a guy that could run up 400 on base percentages type wow. of plate, right? Um, and maybe that's a little bit high, but 380s uh, is definitely doable. And now he's adding power, and um, if he can keep that up, I don't see why he can't be, you know, a 20 home run guy. Maybe as soon as this year, maybe that's a little bit much. Um, maybe a 15 home run guy this year in the minors, but potentially not all the realm of possibility that he could hit 20. And you're going to see a guy that $30 for a refractor, 25 graded. Um, I don't see why this couldn't hit $100 if he blows up. $30 plus $25 for grade plus one year equals $40 card. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, so we are three <laughs> cards in each right now. Uh, what's up, Serious Collector? And also, Sam throwing some shade at Nate is great to hey, see. Hey, uh, down to 173. Was up to 180. Down to 173. No big deal. Nate, I swear you fluctuate 10 between that 10 pound range like every like time I talk to you. <laughs> Like I get uh, healthy for a little in bit. The chat right now, whose portfolio you rather have through three cards? Now keep in mind, Nate has what like seventy, eighty dollars left to spend a hundred or something, and I have four hundred and twenty-five. Yep. I think four hundred twenty-five. Uh, let's hear it, and then I hope by the time I hit next that you all have put in your votes so that we can see. Because I don't know. Hopefully, we have some baseball fans in here. Otherwise, it might not be good for Nate. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm taking my boomer bus prospects and uh, we're going to, we'll save this and we will rehash it at the end of the year and see who actually has made. We should, fun. we should do that. That's a good idea. All right. I, for my last card, kind of didn't cheat, but I took it from yesterday's Instagram post because I was like, holy cow, how is this so cheap? Zion Williamson selects silver rookie PSA nine. I'm grabbing that with my last $420. Kid looks like an absolute mega star. I feel like he's going to be easily top two to three most popular NBA players over the next 10 years um, or more. So uh, to me, it is just a no-brainer to find the best Zion Williamson card that fit into the $420 budget, which in my opinion ends up being the select silver PSA 9. Um, there's not much more to say in this card other than that I, I love select. I think that the silvers are really actually sh more short printed than, you know, obviously prism silvers which is a huge draw for me to the set. I like that he's playing like actually on the court versus the, the photo shoot dunk thing. And uh, I'm a big fan of it. The, the select silver Zion Williamson PSA nine for my last one. All right, here we go. I would like last to point one. This one second, one second. I yep. love Trey Turner, but counting on him, get big hobby love seems like a, to be a long shot. That's fair. It is fair, but I'm just thinking if he gets that 30, 30 plateau, uh, home runs, stolen bases, I think it's hard for people to ignore. Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that hit those milestones, like Ketel Marte or Ketel Marte. Remember when he did really well, like two years ago for the first time or something? I feel like people are just going bananas for his cards. Yep. And like, who wants to actually collect that guy? Unless you were a Diamondbacks fan at the time, I guess. Yeah. Oh, my bad. All right. Last card for Nate, or last group, I think, for Nate. What yep. do you got? So Randy Rosarina, uh, to go along with my high upside, very low or high downside uh, picks here, I went with Randy Rosarina. Banking on his power actually being legitimate. Um, you know, we saw a ton of power in the playoffs. I don't know if he will keep it up. Um, but banking on it, $26 for a foil seems like a really good deal. 
And then you grade it for 25, you get it back in a year. Hopefully he's done well this year and you're looking at a $200 card, right? Um, which seemed like a pretty good gamble for my last 50. Is that, uh, wait, was that foil or gold foil? That's foil. All right. Um, and, uh, you know, you're just really banking on that power. And then I had like $14 left. So I me messed around with it a little bit, added an extra dollar for kicks and giggles. Maybe <laughs> I saved a dollar on a different one. <laughs> and uh, I went just his base for five by 15. Maybe I buy him on checkoutmycards.com and wait for him to go up to six, seven dollars. And I grab a cool $20 bill to go have Taco Bell with. I was literally just going to say, I already know you're going to Taco Bell with that flip money. Well, you you know, you've seen my Robinhood account where I have like two 40 shares of joint chiropractic for $2, sold them for like three eighty to go buy Taco Bell. And now they're a $39 stock, <laughs> right? Imagine so thinking like that, imagine thinking that, uh, you should take an investment out and go sinking into Taco Bell, which immediately becomes not only a loss of money, but also probably not a fun night on the toilet. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, doesn't affect me any. That's right. I forgot because it's not real meat. <laughs> Nate's stomach is the test for that one. All right. And now Love to it. recap it all. This was my $1,000 spend, a messy sapphire variation, which I would then grade. A Dwayne Wade Refractor 2004 Tops Chrome PSA 8, Zion Silver PSA 9, Rookie, and a Ansu Fati Refractor from Tops Chrome PSA 9 for 325. And here is Nate's big buys. His Randy Rosarena base lot was not on the screen, but this is what we got. Yeah, couldn't fit it. The Randy Rosarena graded for 50, the Tops foil. The Marco Luciano PSA 9 for uh, Bowman Chrome Auto for 510. The Trey Turner, Top Scrum Sapphire for 370, and the Bryce Terang that is also graded in there. Uh, refractor 499 for $55. Um, that comes out to like 986 or something like that. 985. There we so, go. Yeah. Well, if y'all want to put down your $1,000 portfolio tag, what cards you would buy, throw it into the chat, and we will highlight a couple throughout this episode. If you want to put your takes in there. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what you guys come up with. Uh, Bazooka Tom, I knew he's a baseball guy. He uh, he's loving your your shortstop pick, Nate. I mean, they're almost all shortstops. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Luciano's the guy that, like, if he blows up, that's an easy thousand, two thousand dollar card. It is. It easy. is. Trey Turner's a big risk. I'm expecting people to want to buy him. That that might not happen. So that might be a waste of three hundred seventy dollars. But the same card at the start of the in December sold for like two hundred, I think. So people are at least paying attention. Um, Bryce Terang and Randy Rosarina are the real. I didn't have much money, so I'm taking high upside flyers. And there is there is real potential here with these two guys. If Bryce Terang's power or Randy Rosarina's power is real, those are big plays because they do a lot of other things correct. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> $1,000 on an NBA top shot, Kevin Knox <laughs> airballing a jumper. Uh, did you guys watch, did you watch Lameem James's uh, NBA top shot? Uh, I did. Video of him opening a pack for 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> got all comments. Every comment he got was like number to 10,000 or more. Uh, sad, sad, oh. sad. 
Uh, also, I see someone uh, who is that Carlos said, you guys going to touch on soccer. Uh, Carlos, half my portfolio here was soccer. So, yes, well, not half budget-wise, but half card-wise, two of the four. And uh, someone else said, who said that? You guys should actually buy these and see what happens. Uh, see, the problem with not buying these before this video is that I don't think that I'll be able to find a FOTI and 9 refractor again. And then also probably not one for 325. And I also don't think I'll be able to find a Wade PS8 refractor again. These were based off of like the most recent sales, which were generally within the last two weeks. Also, I happen to be poor. <laughs> so uh, well, if somebody wants to donate $1,000 to me for me to experiment with this, by all means, I would gladly accept. How, what percent of the earnings do they get? Um, 90%. <laughs> oh, I'll take that 10% finder's fee. Ooh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all I know is that you have no competition getting a Bryce Turing auto, so you can definitely lock that one in. <laughs> all right. Uh, last week at Slapstocks Breaks, had a fun time on Tuesday. Actually pulled a huge Weston McKenney orange auto, number 25 uh, Bundesliga soccer. I think that that's probably around a $500 card or so. Um, USA soccer player. Uh, plays for Juventus now, which is really cool to see. And then also opened a 2004 Topps Chrome box, and we did hit a gold refractor of Kevin Garnett. Ooh. There's like a PSA 9 listed for 3K and a PSA 10 listed for 6K, uh, number 99. Really beautiful centering on that card, too. Looks really good. Also had a Kobe base and a Reggie Miller of 110. No LeBron, but still a great box with that gold refractor. Very difficult hit. And then uh, tomorrow we have four breaks running starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time with Pokemon going into Sapphire Soccer at 4 p.m. Eastern time. 4.15 is a big 2010 uh, Panini World Cup box. There's some really, really big Messi and Ronaldo's in there. Um, the the premium edition foil card like is crazy as a PSA 10. I mean, very hard to get a 10. And then PSA 9s are like over $1,000 each. And then also we're doing some uh, Revolution 2017 and Hoops Basketball. Then Thursday, join us for Bowman's Best Basketball live here on YouTube, right where you're watching this stream right now. Hey, uh, bought Boba Shed, Topps Chrome X Factor, $42 each. Got seven PSA 10s. Wow. Thanks, You're the one that told me to submit them. You just watched my ego just. Serious. You can't say that to Nate, man. I'm telling <laughs> you, back when we used to do the, back when we used to do the prospecting stuff all the time, I remember when Nate called me one time. I was in Barcelona on a subway. He's like, dude, you see Nate Pearson do this? You see this guy do this? This guy do that? He's like, I'm just a beast at this. Like, <laughs> and then I got out of prospecting and now I want to get back because I miss it so much. <laughs> well, hey, you got to make some more videos on it. Yeah. Hey, uh, quick thing, quick couple things. Uh, water's too expensive for me right now. Um, when you're getting up to 300 plus dollars for a Bowman Chrome PSA 10, um, I know he's the number one prospect in baseball. I love him. I expect big things, but that's terrifying uh, for, you know, somebody that just watched Flag Guerrero Jr. come up as the number one prospect can't miss guy in baseball with an 80 grade hit tool and 70 power. And he has been merely above average lately. So it's not like he can't fail. Right. Well, he, he can fail. Um, I also, still, the, the problem is that you have to buy a base non-auto PSA 10 for like 400 bucks. That's the bigger problem when you can spend 500 and get an auto PSA nine of Luciano. Yes. Yes. That is the, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's the issue there. Wander is just too expensive for my taste. And also this is a fair point. We had I, no quarterbacks. 
I was just going to highlight that because I want to talk about it. But before that, uh, everyone check out Limestone's uh, cards on Instagram. He's going to talk about his $1,000 budget uh, or portfolio tonight on Instagram. That's cool. Uh, thanks for sharing that too. But Doug, uh, let's talk about this. No quarterbacks or pitchers. Who would you add to this if you absolutely had to? Nate, we both get to pick one pitcher and one quarterback. And let's say that you have like a $500, $500 additional budget on top of what we already did. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, you go you, if you have it. I'll think. Well, I have well. a pitcher and a quarterback already in mind, but I feel like you're going to steal one of them. So I'm going to start with pitcher because I feel like you might steal that. I have two quarterbacks in mind, but uh, we'll go with pitcher. And that is now I know I've been, I, I was on the Brewers bandwagon with Bryce Terang, but Corbin Burns, man, he was so good last year. And I expect him to be better this year because. The Brewers had terrible defense in at second, below average defense at second with Kesson Hira, below average defense in center field because Lorenzo Cain was out, um, and they had uh, uh, obviously Garcia in center most of the year. And then they also had Braun and Yelich playing in the outfield corners. Now we get JBJ in one of those outfield corners, Cain back in center field, and... Uh, Colton Wong, the best second ba- defensive second baseman in baseball at second to go along with um, Arcia and Urias at shortstop and third base, presumably. That is probably going to be with Omar Arias at, at catcher and Kesson here at first now, which should be a better position for him, and he could probably be an average first baseman. And Yelich in left, JBJ in right. Um, That should be like the best defense in baseball, probably. There's not going to be many balls through the infield. There's not going to be a ton of balls that land in the outfield. And that is only going to help a guy like a Corbin Burns that was dominant, had filthy stuff, tons of strikeouts, limited home runs. And now you add in like one of the best defenses in the league. That is a recipe for Cy Young. Wow. My uh, my Corbin Burns collection over to the left there is uh, feeling pretty good after Nate just talked him up like that. Still got all them Bowman Chrome orange autos of him. Uh, I'm so jealous. I know. Um, you should gift one to me for kicks and giggles. Oh, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Pit, I'll take a picture here. And by no means am I as smart as Nate in the slightest. I don't know really much about current baseball at all. So Nate's going to beat me in describing why. But just thinking, I don't know how much his prices are. I feel like I could get a pretty nice graded Jacob deGrom tops flagship rookie numbered. For the in the four hundred dollar two hundred fifty to four hundred dollar range, I don't know if I'm exactly right in that, but I feel like I could. But sometimes what I feel is not always correct, so I don't know for sure. But uh, I'm gonna take some type of Jacob Degrom card that ranges between uh, two fifty and four hundred, but I'm probably gonna keep it closer to two fifty because I want that. Um, just in case, in case you're wondering, his his non non numbered base four seventy for a ten for a ten. Are you serious? Yeah. So do you want a base of him? Dude, I had like 30 base of those two years ago. I bought for $2 a piece. I think I graded a bunch of them. Ooh, you should have kept them. 410 for a base PSA 10 of a pitcher now? 470. So you're telling me that it was actually a good idea to buy pitchers when everyone was telling us we were stupid. Yeah, so, you know, if you're hitting your Casey Mises and uh, stuff in this new product, hold on to them. Now, of course, this is 470 for the best pitcher in baseball, who has won multiple Cy Youngs and is has been amazing for years. There, there's sustained excellence here, um, which is hard for a, a lot of guys. So you know, you 
if you have your pitchers, just hold on and see what happens. So you're telling me I couldn't get like a gold out of 2014 PSA 9 for $400? Oh, well, I I don't know about that. Oh, one second. Well, I, that, I'm a big fan of the gold PSA 9s over like a base PSA 10 all day. Love those serial numbered. Um, you can get a gold PSA 9 for uh, 300 Okay, so I'm taking that. I'm taking yeah. DeGrom PSA 9 gold for my pitcher. And then for my quarterback – for my quarterback, I'm a little stuck here because I want a couple different ones, and I might be taking Nates, but I feel as if buying Kyler Murray now to sell it before the season seems like a great idea. You dog. Is that who you're going to pick? I was going to take Kyler. Um, <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can take him too. I don't care. Hey, here's the thing about Bieber, just for everyone. is Obviously, Shane Bieber was amazing. But he only faced, he blew up last year and he only faced the NL and AL Centrals. The NL Central is very bad. The AL Central has multiple teams that are bad. You have the Twins and you have the White Sox to an extent, but the Tigers are not good. The Royals are not good. And the NL Central, all those offenses were pretty bad. Um, and you watched as we got to the playoffs what happened to every AL and NL Central team in the playoffs? They lost in the first round, right? Um, we weren't good teams. And so Shane Bieber. I hate to say you want to Cy Young. Now you got to go prove it. But he's kind of got to go prove it again because his competition was so poor. He did not face, um, you know, a Yankees team, right? He didn't face the Rays. He didn't face an NL West team like the Dodgers. So uh, love Shane Bieber, but he's still got to prove it to me. Oops, not that one. And Maldo, hey, we appreciate you too. Thanks for watching tonight. And thank you, everyone, for being here, too. If you have not already, please hit that like button. It looks like we're at 98 viewers, it says on here. Maybe we can get to 100. Uh, so hit that like button to help us out. Yeah, T206, you know what? Serial number is the way to go. I talk about it all the time. And it's kind of funny because I say that, yet not one of my cards in my $1,000 budget was serial numbered, uh, mostly because they were too expensive. I liked all the players I picked, but a serial number of any of those guys would have definitely thrown off the budget for sure. Um, which you kind of have to weigh, you know, if you are on a budget, you have to weigh, do I buy a not as great player, but a rarer card of him, a serial number card, or do I buy the better player with a, you know, maybe a base or a refractor and grade it. So those are the decisions you got to make. Oh, Hollywood, Nate, where, when did he get that nickname? I like it. I like What's it. Up, Michael Brown, how's it going? I'm not beautiful enough to make it in Hollywood though. That's for sure. Um, egg card enough though. <laughs> I can go buy an egg at the store. That's why. Can't buy a DeGrom autograph at a store. Hey, hey, for my quarterback? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not done yet. Then we'll get on to the question. Just to finish it off. Um, I was going to go Dak because I just – I the offensive line is great there. The wide receivers are great. The uh, running back is great. Dak's great. They have to pay him, obviously. He has to come in and perform after a year off of injuries and stuff. Uh, that being said, I really don't believe in Mike McCarthy. Um, that dude's a horrible coach. You should have won a lot more games with Andy Dalton with all those weapons you had, and they didn't. Uh, so you or know, Mike said, no, might take Dak Prescott from a good quarterback to a mediocre quarterback really quick. So instead, I think I'll probably go with like Jalen Hurts or something. And Jeffrey Laura j- just said today that they plan on building around him. They don't want to bring in a quarterback for competition, so he has ownerships. Uh, you know whatever word I'm looking for, um, he has ownership, ownership behind him, right? 
and uh, he doesn't have much in the way of talent <laughs> around him. But um, I will uh, take a little gamble on him. He's not nearly as expensive as some of those other guys from 2020. So take a gamble and see what happens. Yeah, I, I thought that um, Jalen Hurts seems like the type of guy that isn't going to put up the crazy completion percentages and stuff. But I feel like that he could win you games and can like make plays and everything like that, which honestly is sometimes just as important as in the NFL. Uh, you know, it's interesting though because you you find a guy that doesn't make plays and wins games, and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Yeah. And then you find a guy that makes plays and doesn't win games, and you have Deshaun Watson. And then mm-hmm. you need like the perfect marriage between the two to really make him be like a long lasting uh, thing. Or you just have the dude that does it all, and then they're the best. So. Or, or you just sell before the season when he's named the starter and everyone's pumped about it, and you sell before he can play a single game. Yeah. So you don't take on any of the risk, and you still take your 20, 25%. I, I do really, I do really like that play a lot of the time. <laughs> Um, if you had a Topps Chrome LeBron rookie PSA 10, would you sell or hold right now? And I think that my answer is going to be the same every single time that this is asked ever because of the fact that this is one of the most iconic cards of all time now that people are going to want for a long time. And the pop report isn't like crazy high on it. It's like 2000, but that's pretty low considering the amount they were graded to. And it's a pretty hard card to grade and get a 10 because the centering is pretty bad in a lot of them. Um, it's sell if you have a lot of profit and you know exactly what you want to spend the money on or you really need the money or you hold it because it's one of the best cards of all time. And I don't, I'm not sure if there's any other answer because unless something seriously bad happened to LeBron, I don't think that like losing another finals would be a seriously bad thing happening to LeBron. I'm thinking like something like bad in the news, um, which I don't think is going to happen either. Um, I, I don't see any way that his like long-term demand isn't huge. So if you, if you, if you don't need to sell it, don't sell it. I mean, there's a ton of people holding on these cards, which is why they're $30,000 because they don't want to sell it either and don't need to sell it. So every single person that does that is one more off the market. Mm-hmm. So if you put one back into the market, it's going to be just as hard to get one off the market. Probably. How much, the this, the how much was this when you bought your refractor? How much was it when I bought my refractor? Yeah. Um, oh, well, I you think had a refractor was, PSA nine, right? Yeah, I had a nine five. I think that the PSA ten was around like seven eight k, and I went sixteen on the refractor nine five, and then sold it for forty two. But, which I mean, obviously now it's worth way more. But I had a plan in mind with it, so I'm not mad about it. So, all right, you guys finally convinced me to invest in soccer. I have a few thousand dollars to spend. Hey, you guys, more like Aaron. I'll (laughs) take credit for that. Aaron, Aaron plus Zach. That's what he's trying to say. Not Aaron plus Nate. Zach's our soccer guy. Premier League investing. Um, sorry, Premier Soccer investing. I always mess it up. Uh, he's not here today, it doesn't seem, but he's always normally in the chat. You guys finally convinced me to invest in soccer. I have a few thousand dollars to spend. Can you give me an idea of how you think about spending it? I already know about the big sets. The question is less about that and more along the lines of should I invest in a basket of PSA 10 base cards for players like Mbappe, Holland, Pulisic, or buy as much raw as possible with that money, hoping some of them will gem, or spend it all in a couple PSA 10 short prints. Thanks. So I think that the problem is, is if you're trying to buy a large amount of non-graded cards of those players right now, you're going to find that a lot of them have already been scooped up and sent to get graded. And I I think that your odds of hitting 10s are going to be quite low on them because I think that we had the initial run of people buying and grading soccer like myself, 
which one is really cheap. Then you have the next run that is like a little bit more expensive. And then you have the most recent run. If cards survive those three runs to get tens, I'd be pretty shocked. Like it's like probably like a one in 25 or higher chance that one might have survived to get a 10. Um, now you might get lucky and find the right seller who does, doesn't grade cards and just pulled out of the box to sell it. Like that could happen, but the odds are pretty low. And I don't think that that's a good idea to buy them to try to grade to get the PSA 10. Now you might weigh some risk reward and be like, oh, I could get a nine and still might be okay or whatever. But I think that my my thought process here is if you are in the position where you can buy and hold for the next year to year and a half, I would buy a couple short print PSA 10s, meaning serial numbered 10s, maybe even a 9.5 if it's a card that you can't get in a 10 because it's so rare. That does happen, by the way. Like You'll hear me always say, okay, PSA 10 over 9.5, but that wouldn't stop me from buying a 9.5 if there's a you know such a rare serial number card that you can't get in a 10. Like, I would not ignore a card that you really think is a great investment if it's just not in the exact PSA 10 grade you want, because you would miss on a lot of stuff in the industry if you did do that, um, especially when oh. it comes to serial numbered and short printed cards. Sure enough, Cowboys and Dak Prescott have a deal. Seriously? This is we're talking about it. They ju- He just signed a long-term deal. How much per year? Maybe with that deal. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Steven put it in the corner, so I went and checked uh, Twitter. Sure enough. Now, maybe that deal came with Mike McCarthy getting fired. If that's the case, then I would buy Dak. I would switch my <laughs> my pick. But uh, since that's unlikely, I still don't know if I'd buy Dak. <laughs> okay, well, back to this question. Um, if you were, were in the position to hold for a year and a half, I'd definitely buy the short print PSA 10s, 9.5s, whichever grade you need to get to um, to afford it. And then just hold them. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong in buying some of those popular soccer players in the world and holding him for World Cup, or even just the hype around all of soccer by that point. And um, Bobby Wood Jr. hit a 484-foot home run. I just saw a video of it. It was big. Was It It was big. <laughs> okay. He's 20 years old. That's crazy. That's like Zion throwing down like a 360 windmill or something, I feel, yeah. at 20. Uh, well, I guess there's actually a ton of athletes that are 20 that could do that, but <laughs> uh, to each their own. All right. Uh, Kevin says that Palooza is just dirt cheap right now, all things considered. Yeah, definitely. I feel like some stuff has to do with that. I don't track it like super close, but here he's not getting a lot of playing time in the uh, Premier League, which he signed the biggest American contract ever for Premier League transfer. So hopefully he starts to play. But at the same time, it's like he comes here and plays in the national team and the World Cup and does well. And no one will care about how much he played two years ago or a year and a half ago at Chelsea. <laughs> all right. Last one of the day. Nate, take it home. Love it. Uh, which player in 2021 top series one or two will break out of seemingly nowhere or exceed expectations, i.e. Randy Rosarino last year? And which prospect do you believe will hold more long-term value, Jerry Klinik or Julio Rodriguez? So let's take the first one. Um, Obviously, you can't have a breakout if there's already sky-high expectations. So that counts out your Joey Bartz. That counts out your Pache's. Uh, your Adele's, your Carlson's, um, everyone like that. So you have to go a tier lower. And if you take a Randy Rosarina example, that's a guy that always had a good eye at the plate and solid contact ability, um, decent speed, decent defense. And now you add power to that and he he pops, right? Um, so you kind of need to find a guy along those lines. Uh, not necessarily very easy because not all athletes are made the same. Take Isaac 
Now I don't really know how to say his last name. I'm going to say Paredes, but I don't I know. I was going to say Paredes is what I. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, and somebody can uh, correct me in the chat. I'm sure. Um, but uh, he's a like 60 hit tool type of guy with like a 40, 45 power. Um, but he's not the athlete Randy Rosarino is. He's like 5'10", 220 pounds. He's a big boy. Um, he's not fast, so he's not an athlete. And not being an athlete means your bat speed's not going to be as fast. Right. Uh, so while he has a good hit tool, if he was a little bit skinnier, maybe a little bit better athlete, I would believe in that power coming on more. Um, but that's the type of guy I'd be looking at. I'm not necessarily looking at Isaac Paredes specifically, but you want to find a guy with a good hit tool that you think can get to power. He's not a perfect example because obviously, like I said, Randy Rosarina, a good athlete, Isaac Paredes, not as much. Um, and then for the next one, uh, Jared Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez. Again, I'm going to point it out Kelnick because I always used to say Kalenic or Kelenic, uh, because I said Kalenic and then somebody, uh, corrected me to Kelenic and, uh, it turns out the E is silent in the middle. It's just Kelnick. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, which prospect do you believe would long-term value? Kelnick is from Wisconsin. We love him. But I just have a hard time voting against Julio Rodriguez in anything. <laughs> I love the guy, and I think he's going to be an absolute – I think both of them are going to be superstars, but I really, really love Julio Rodriguez, so I'm going with J-Rod. Man, I really hope that him and uh, Kelnick work out because Mariners fans have had it hard for a while, other than uh, you know, Ichiro like, being good a, and a, Felix a random. And a random like Kyle Lewis popping up. Yeah, but other than those two guys, there's like not much out there. So really hope that their outfields are loaded with uh, those dudes smacking home runs and playing well. Yeah. All right. Well, Nate, thanks for wrapping that up there. And I think with that being said, we are uh, at the end of our live stream and we'll wrap it up for today. A little shorter, but there weren't as many questions. And uh, we did hit on that $1,000 card portfolio. So if you join late, you guys can rewind it to the beginning to watch our $1,000 purchases between Nate and myself. Uh was pretty cool. All right. What is this? Pulled a Luca top shot last night and honestly don't believe in it long term. Do you guys think it's worth trading for Mopape Prism rookie or Devin Booker? Yes. Uh-huh. I would uh-huh. take I'd take the Devin Booker in about now, five seconds. Now, here's one thing. A lot of people spend a lot of time on their computers and it's like artwork. Would you spend $100,000 on a piece of art that nobody sees if you never leave your house and you work from home and nobody's ever over? Probably not. Can you show it off online and brag about it and stuff for like a a top, a top shot? Now you can't, I don't know how they, the hell they show off NFTs and stuff, but I at least understand the reasoning behind people spending a ton of money on it because it's kind of like, that's where all their social life is right now is online. So they can kind of like give some breaking power as yeah. opposed to buying like a $50,000 Ming vase or something and uh, not being able to show anybody. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's still ridiculously stupid to me. I like to have something tangible in my hand, right? And so... Uh, well, if if it were me, I don't know how much some of that stuff costs them, but I know that some stuff is like eight to $10,000. I'd take the eight to $10,000 and buy a first edition Spider-Man comic book in any grade so fast. That's about how much they are in like really low grade. I just love having something historical in my hands. Like I would take that eight to $10,000 and 
put a down payment on something, get some property, get a get a get a better car. Uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> that's you though. <laughs> Actually, that car is a poor choice because that's going to depreciate in value very quickly. I and mean, your prop- like, property is better than than the car. Yeah, but you get my point. Yeah, you buy no. something worthwhile. Don't buy a stinking video. Um, and along those lines, buying base cards probably not the best choice either. He asked the two, which is why I said Devin Booker. But yeah, I would find uh, something other than that. Now I do like Devin Booker and Mbappe aren't the worst because their pops are a thousand on Booker and two thousand five hundred on Mbappe, maybe. Which Mbappe is probably going to go up to you know three thousand or so by the time that we hit um, the end of the summer, maybe or end of the year. But like Nate said, like you're getting in the realm of the 2018 prison basketball, 2019 prison basketball, 2020 prison basketball base cards. Like we're talking like almost 20,000 Luca tens, going to be 20,000 Zion tens. Like that is a lot. That is a lot. Yep. Um, but I mean, everyone kind of likes their own thing, though, right? Like I can't. People could tell me that cards are stupid all my life if they really wanted oh, to. I'm and sure they, and they did. Did they not? Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I wasn't really that upfront about it until I got into college. And I can't, for me, myself, it's like, to me, it doesn't work for me, but I have to at least understand why it could work for someone else. Now, if the person's telling me that I don't care at all about it, but there's just someone else that wants to buy it because it might make the money and then it loses people money then. Now that's a little bit of a different story, but if you do actually like it, like, yeah. I mean, and I don't know how many people like a top shot thing. I don't know how many yeah. people like those stupid NFTs where it's like one digital created art that you have and nobody else has. And maybe I, I think in the future when we should we should create this us as a uh, community should create um, uh, little picture frames like you had back in the day that had the digital picture frames, but label them NFT frames. Someone already did that. It's a TV you put on your wall and then it's just a stupid picture. Someone already did that. Okay. I literally yeah. saw like a day ago someone reposted like this is big for the NFT game. It was like a frame that holds a video that you then can like hang. And I'll play the video. Plug, plug in or is it battery powered? I think it's battery powered potentially. Oh. It didn't look like well, it had like n- no matter what, I find the whole thing to be ridiculous, but I I'm not like not I, it's not for me, but I understand why people do it. Yeah, I understand why people are drawn to Top Shot. I do think a lot of people are probably drawn to Top Shot because they're just looking to get money and flip money. And to I me, think- to me, one of the most telling signs of Top Shot was seeing the people that came into cards in the last six to eight months because of something like money to mm-hmm. see people go to Top Shot in the last month because of something like money. Just kind of telling on. And that's not me saying that cards is like, oh, Top Shot's getting all the heat. Cards are going down. Like, it's definitely not what's happening. Yeah, if you guys saw the like Golden Auctions thing, you would obviously understand it's not what's happening. But you do see the people that kind of flock to these things. What brings the most short-term money? And then yeah. they leave it. And then they might come back. And then they go to the next thing. And then the next thing. And then there's another thing that we don't even know about right now that they go to next. You know? Like, people that couldn't care less about a 25-cent Brandon Rush card, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Brings me a little bit of joy would bring them nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, cool. Good little discussion there to end it off. And uh, thank you everyone for joining. We will be back next Monday for the same exact thing at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. I did see he might be gone by now, but Alonzo said first time here is interesting stuff. Thank you. Uh, yeah, of course. I had a fun time and we always appreciate every new person that joins too. And then also tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time, 
break start and then run through probably around uh I don't know. I remember the schedule. 6 p.m. Eastern time or so. 6.37 p.m. Eastern time will be live. Uh, so, yeah, check it out then. And Thursday's NBA Showcase. And this Friday, I'll be in Dallas. Friday and Saturday for the Dallas Card Show. So, if you're there, please come and say hi. And uh, we'll chat up about sports cards. Good luck getting COVID. I'll be fine. I was in Miami with way too many people. I say Could I'll be, be fine. Me, though. Got my shot today. Yeah. No Kid, kids, 20... Well, you guys might find it's hard to believe. Kid's 26 years old and he gets a COVID shot. I've tricked him into thinking I was 65. Yeah. No, yeah. it's one of those, Ooh. in case anybody accuses me of anything, it's one of those situations where they had one dose left and nobody to give it to. And the person that was giving it knew that I was around working from home and I could come and get it so they didn't waste it. Look at that, Nate. Saving the last COVID vaccine. Selfishly yeah. saving it for himself. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh Aaron, when are you breaking that 2006 World Cup box behind you? What box? <laughs> right there. Um, we we will be doing that very soon. So stay tuned for that. If you're into soccer, that'll be the biggest soccer box we've opened yet. And then have you received a Panini White Box one of one? This is the last question, but I actually have because I had a Landry Schmidt Optic Gold on card auto number out of 10, outstanding for redemption at the 2019 National in Chicago. Bought for like 70 bucks. Optic Gold on card auto. Of course, like that sounds like nothing right now, but back then it was like, what are you doing buying redemption for that much? But um, I ended up trading it in for the white box and I Christian McCaffrey. You remember that? Yeah, I could have traded it for a. I cannot believe you remember that. I could have traded it for a Dak Prescott black box one of one RPA. So not the actual macular RPA, but could trade for that. Instead, I took the box. Yeah, Juju Smith Schuster auto and a. Christian McCaffrey patch from Flawless. I think I sold them both on the scene for $100, but not, not hey, the worst thing. Maybe more than I paid for the Landry Schmidt. So perfect. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back here next Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the breaks. And we thank you for watching. See you all next time. See you guys.